2: Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time newton group transfer they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare these stories from people
3: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine being the most powerful empire in your world you are in charge of it you are the you are a god king in this empire you look around and wow you can do whatever you want whatever you want there are no peoples that you know of who can defeat you. You are, well, all-powerful. And then a few shortly, four, short years later, you are gone from the world. Your entire civilization has disappeared and you are dead. You don't have to imagine this. This happened, one of the wildest, just wildest historical events ever. We have talked about it before. We will talk about it again. We have a sweet show today. We have two pilots who drew something they should not have drawn in the sky, which is hilarious. We have cops arresting people for violating curfew, cops slapping cuffs on a man in front of his son because his son wasn't wearing a mask in Costco. We have, well, Chinese influence, Chinese news. We have, it is all over the place. But first... Let us tell the brief story, as brief as I can make this story, which could be long, of Hernan Cortez and Montezuma II. Let's start with Cortez. Cortez, born in Spain, born in actually Medellin, Spain. Yes, exact, just like the Colombia Medellin. Born in Medellin, Spain. Dad was an army captain. Cortez was a talented but restless soul. You ever known people like that? Maybe you are somebody like that. A talented but restless soul. When I say restless, he had opportunities. He had a brief stint in law school. Could have done really what he wanted in Spain. But, and I do say but, He loved Christopher Columbus. And remember, this is the era of Christopher Columbus. This is the era where Christopher Columbus was an international superstar. Absolute superstar. That's the truth. The truth is also this. Christopher Columbus was not a capable human being when it comes to managing things. He wasn't. He was terrible at it. And I'm not one of these anti-Columbus people. I love Columbus. But all the other, look, the slaughtering of the Indians and things like that aside, Columbus was just a terrible manager of things. Cortez looked at that too and thought, I can be that. I can be even better. I can be even better than that. So that's Cortez ends up striking out on his own, going over to what was then still the very new world, you know, the West Indies, the Caribbean, and decides he wants to go do some exploring of his own. And we need to understand this. And we need to understand it well. All of North America at this point, really, virtually all of it, was unexplored. Think about that. Think of a map of the Western Hemisphere, North North America, South America. I mean think about all that. It's all obviously inhabited by various Indian tribes, but unexplored. You've had guys pop into the shore here, pop into the shore there, northern part of South America, but this is this is a huge thing to bite off and it's appealing to many, many young, adventurous young men. They're starting to get word back that uh this place is massive. They don't even know how massive it is right now. But this place is huge, and we've got to figure out what's here and what to claim. What to claim. So and when I say restless young man, understand that Cortez is one of those guys who was always in trouble. At one point, he got a severe injury falling out of a mistress's window that he was climbing out. He's just that kind of guy, always in trouble. So he cruises over to America. Now let's pause there and let's go over to the Aztecs. The Aztecs, they started out as essentially hired mercenaries. That was really what their culture was. They were really good at fighting. They valued fighting. They had these huge clubs with uh, obsidian in them. Sharp, sharp, sharp lava rock. The Spanish even talked about how great these things were. And they were really good warriors. And they came up through the ranks like that. Now, let's address the human sacrifice portion of this story because it features big. It's horrendous. And we're going to talk about it a bit more today. The Aztecs slaughtered people by the thousand at the height of their power because it was for their gods. However, if I'm being fair to a culture I do not care for, especially because of what they did to children, we'll get get to that in a few, if we're being fair to a culture I don't care for, we should address the fact human sacrifice, the Mayans and others, was not the exception in this part of the world at this time it was more the rule everybody did some of it the aztecs just happened to think well we can up we could we can certainly take that up a notch now can't we so there's a story about the aztecs as they come on up through the ranks and when i say come up through the ranks What happened with them is what has happened so many times throughout history. I'm amazed other civilizations don't realize this by now and stop doing it. You have this people, and they're really, really, really good at fighting in war. And you don't really want to do all that fighting in war. So what we'll do is we'll just hire them to fight our wars for us. Well, what always happens, how many stories have I told you like this? The people who are great at fighting war look around one day and think, well, tell me what exactly is stopping us from running everything. We're the ones who fight wars. We win wars. So they start really getting a foothold and in you know, Mexico in this area start really getting a foothold. and they're coming up through the ranks and now we're going to tell my favorite historical story of all time. It's right up there with Andrew Jackson allowing himself to get shot during a duel. You remember that, Chris? That's still the greatest thing ever. Andrew Jackson gets his honor challenged by the guy who is the best dueler around. I believe, I forget the guy's name, I believe the guy had won 26 duels by this point. The guy doesn't lose. The guy doesn't miss. You get in a duel with this guy, you're going to die. Well, Andrew Jackson doesn't really care about that. We'll just find out. We'll just have to find a way to win. So Jackson puts on an extra big coat and allows himself to get shot in the chest first because he knows he can't win anyway, and then kills the guy. Even that story is secondary to my favorite one. Hang on.
3: Jesse Kelly, on air and online at
1: jessiekellyshow.com Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. I choose natural medicines as often as I can. It's not as if I never use regular pharmacy stuff, but man... Think about all the chemicals, all the man-made chemicals you put in your body. I put in my body. That's why when it comes to things like this, I choose CBD. And I realize it's hard to find the right CBD out there because there are so many of them. Well, Doctors Trusted CBD Company, what they did was they went out and they researched the entire industry, the entire industry to find the best Highest quality CBD, and that's what you find at Doctor'sTrustedCBD.com. Go to Doctor'sTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. The Aztecs are moving on up in the world, and they decide, well, it's alliance time, right? It's alliance time. There's this other powerful civilization here. Let's link up with them, and this other powerful civilization is looking at the Aztecs like, oh, yeah, we need to get together. And the king of this other powerful civilization says, I'll tell you what we'll we'll do. I have a daughter smoking hot. We're going to give her to you. In marriage, then we can, you know, it'll link us up. Then we'll be linked like that. And the Aztecs are thinking, oh, absolutely, give us your daughter. That is a great, great plan. Powerful king sends his daughter over to the Aztecs who promptly sacrifice her. Now, I'm not defending them, but I do have to clarify, in their minds, They were essentially making her an angel, a god. They were were helping her out. I'm not sure she saw it that way as they were carving out her living heart with a knife. But they kill her immediately. And then, and I apologize, but this is the way it is. They skin her. The opposing king who sent his daughter to them then arranges a big banquet with the Aztecs who sit down with the king and one of the Aztec priests shows up at the banquet wearing the king's daughter's skin around. Obviously, the king freaks out and kicks the Aztecs out. And the best part of the story is the Aztecs were completely lost what his problem was. What in the? I don't have any idea why he's so upset. Sorry for helping. <laughs> but when I say these people loved human sacrifice, they did. And they rose through the ranks. And I'm I'm jumping over a bunch of the story. And they're, well, they've taken over. Cortez gets over there, starts moving up through the ranks in the New World himself. And Cortez is, he's a mover and a shaker in society. Marrying this person, getting to know this person, gets permission from the governor over there to take an expedition to Mexico. He understands there have been people who've popped in over there. There are tribes over there, many of them hostile tribes. But Cortez wants to go settle Mexico. And all this go settle places is always two different things, especially in this in this day and age, although it's probably the same today. It's it's always a quest for money. Gold, resources, it's always a quest for money, and it's always a quest to spread catholicism. To to talk to people about the gospel of Jesus. And when I say talk to people, give them a choice whether or not they want to die or become a Christian. And the, depending on who you listen to, people will try to sell you both of those points as the only reason men did these things, and neither of those things are fair because oftentimes there were both reasons, or this man only wanted gold, or this man really did want to just tell people about Jesus, and then you have this man who wants to tell people about Jesus and get some gold along the way. And we have their diaries. This is not ancient times of stone tablets. We have their diaries. This is what they believed. They wanted to go... As young men do, experience danger, experience adventure. They wanted to go tell people about Jesus, and they wanted to get rich. And when you're selling that, because I've had people ask me this before when you're talking about going into Mexico and the things that will happen there. I Remember, some of these guys who take off with Cortez on this expedition will end up being laid down naked on a, on top of an Aztec pyramid and having their hearts carved out of their chests while they were alive. This will end as ugly as ugly gets for some of these guys. And people, especially older men who forget what it was like to be younger and women, don't understand sometimes why young men agree to do these things. And I'll tell you, I don't know. That's how God made us. I was the same way myself. 19, wanted some adventure, wanted to grow up a little bit. I think I'll join the United States Marine Corps. And my parents were horrified. They're like, what? You did what now? And so when you're Cortez and you're recruiting people for the trip you've you've been given permission to go on, it's not hard to find 600 dudes, which he did, to cruise along with you. 611, I believe, is the exact number. Remember, we have BK coming up. Third hour, we have BK. We also, (laughs) we have Rebecca Heinrichs coming up. And yes, we are going to discuss the potential Biden foreign policy if he does pull this out, which is looking more and more likely. And we're going to discuss some Thanksgiving food with her. We're going to talk about how you and I are supposed to feel about cops going forward. Cops is a general thing, right? I mean, they're all different, right? They're all different. How should we feel about cops going forward? Anyway, back to the Cortez story. He gathers up these dudes, gathers up 11 ships, gets permission, and gets ready to take off for Mexico. But we have to tell this part of the story to understand other parts of it. The governor who's getting told by several of Cortez's enemies that Cortez is a bad dude, which he may have been a bad dude. You have to stop this. You have to stop this. The governor tries to withdraw permission to go. And when I say try, I mean he had given permission. And then the guy who was carrying the letter to withdraw permission was on the way to tell Cortez about this. You know, accidents happened. That guy ended up lying dead in a ditch with some knife wounds inside of him. (laughs) Hey, a mugging a day, right? Total coincidence. Cortez takes off with permission, but really without permission. Takes off before he's officially had his permission revoked. This is well known to the men on his ship. Ships plural. Cortez takes off, hits Mexico, and immediately begins acquainting himself with the local tribes. Now, he's not dealing with the Aztecs yet. I need to be clear about this. He's hearing about the Aztecs from other people, from other tribes. He's not seen them really yet. He's dealing with people like the Mayans and others. He is... Not getting the warmest of welcomes most places. And Cortez was not exactly shy. And I mean, the boldness of this. Think about this. He would walk into these tribes, massive tribes, and he would simply say, by the way, all those gods you worship, all those are hot garbage. You can only worship God now, the one true God. Oh, and I should also mention you're now a subject of the king of Spain. Congratulations. That's how it is now. And I don't mean asking permission. They would walk in and simply hold up a piece of paper and declare, congrats, you're all subjects of Spain. The boldness of that is startling. And there were fights. I'm, br- I'm, I'm really jumping over huge parts of this story, but huge fights. These tribes would try to get along, give them a little gold. Hey, uh, there's more gold, but it's really far away. Anyway, here's some gold. Have a good one. You'd have tribes giving their own women over as slaves for the Spaniards who happily accepted them. It was ugly many times. And it was about to get even uglier.
4: Visit AdoptUSKids.org.
5: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.
3: Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now, so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash shiro. A message brought
4: to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: Cortez begins to... Conquer his way through Mexico. But it's not all hostile. And it's not all hostile for a reason. You see, these people may not be thrilled about the Spanish, but there are two huge factors at play here. One, the Spanish are really, 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 really good at war at this period in time. Now, modern day, not so much. Got a chance to work with a couple Spanish troops in Iraq. Whew, that was not impressive. However, at this time, Spain had been fighting huge wars with Italy. They'd been fighting wars to run the Muslims out of the Iberian Peninsula, which they had just done. Spain was an experienced, strong, rich fighting force. So when Spain shows up in Mexico, they're not just there to colonize the place, Many of these guys are warriors, and even the guys who aren't warriors know how to fight. They have armor protecting them against these shields. They have firearms. Indians have never seen these before. They have horses. The Indians had never seen these before, and they were terrified by them. They had war dogs trained to eat people, and the Indians were really scared about that. The Spanish had all these advantages, so they were force multipliers. He would take his five, 600 men and take on a force of three, four, five thousand 5,000 and win routinely. And they would get hurt, and there were men who would die, but they would win these battles. So one, a lot of the Indians were going along with it because the Spanish were really tough. But two, a lot of the Indians were going along with it because... The Aztecs were absolutely horrible. You see, we talked about how the Aztecs had taken over. Understand the human sacrifice thing when it comes to the Aztecs. We need that every single day. Every single day for the sun to come up, the Aztecs thought people had to die. And that's not even counting special occasions, crop coming in, and it went well beyond, and this is going to be a little rough, so kids, cover your ears, you know I make it as nice as I possibly can, they would, and this is why I hate this culture so much, they would routinely sacrifice children, and more than just sacrificing them as if that isn't bad enough, they would pull out their fingernails and things like that before they died because they believed their tears were nourishment for the gods. Make them cry and kill them. I mean evil, deeply evil. And the people around them, the other tribes around them, the Aztecs looked at these tribes like a human sacrifice grocery store, and I am not even oversimplifying that. One tribe, they kept entirely within their kingdom, inside their fortresses, just so they could go down and pluck a few whenever they wanted to carve somebody's heart out. Hey, we're here. Just going to take him, him, and her. Thanks. Oh, oh, by the way, I need your son, too. All of a sudden, these Spaniards show up, and yeah, they're not great. Clearly, they're a different lot. Skin is awfully pale. Ride these big, scary horses, war dogs. But they ain't sacrificing our people. They may enslave a few. They ain't sacrificing our people. The Aztecs, they didn't rule well. And therefore, Cortez, who was a masterful politician, he did not have to look hard or negotiate hard to have tribes come on over to his side and say, wait a minute, you're fighting the Aztecs? Okay, we're in. And soon... Cortez's 600 men turns into 20, 30,000 men. But let's pause for a brief moment. I'm going I'm going to have to wrap this thing up here shortly because we have so much to get to today and it's our last show until next Monday. BK is going to be here giving fresh shows every day though, don't worry about that. But understand this about Cortez's men. He was constantly having to wrestle with his own men as well. It was his own men didn't want to do illegal things. They hadn't been given permission to do. You see, his men knew the governor didn't want him to have permission either. His men were worried about hanging, getting ritually strangled, and his men were starting to get very, very concerned, understandably, because this expedition had no business being successful. His men were starting to get very concerned about dying here. They're struggling with disease in the jungle. Remember, I'm going to tell my Giardia story later on today, one of the two parasites I've had. Hang on for that story. His men are struggling with disease. It's hot. Remember, mosquitoes. The Indians are hostile. They're in a completely unfamiliar place. Uh, I'd like to go back to Cuba where I got my girlfriend and I got uh, three square meals a day instead they're humping through the jungle out here not pleasant at all Cortez realizing this in one of the all-time boss moves Cortez sinks his own ships to the bottom of the ocean as a way to tell his men oh there's no going back you thought there were you thought we were going back no 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 either we win or we die that's all in right there Cortez continues towards Tenochtitlan. Now, let me clarify how to say this. It's Tenochtitlan. That is the name of the Aztec capital. If you're looking for it today, you can't find it because once Cortez is done with it, they built Mexico City on top of it because Cortez essentially raised the city to the ground. If I had to see one ancient city, this would honestly probably be it. Cortez and all the Spaniards echoed this, said, said this city was more breathtaking than anything in Europe, than anything they'd ever seen. The Aztecs may have been a barbaric human sacrificing society. They were fantastic engineers. They were very clean people. They bathed more than once a day. And the city itself was built, get this, On a lake. I don't mean on the shore. I mean on a lake. They built the city in the lake with bridges that were retractable, canals. They had floating gardens to grow their food. It was supposed to be stunning. Paved roads. not paved is a strong way to put it, but stone roads. Huge pyramids if you ignore all the blood spatter on them. It was supposed to be an amazing place. And the Aztecs start to get word about this guy who came from the ocean and he's conquering Mexico. And the Aztecs are struggling against a couple different things. This guy seems to be hostile. We're hearing reports. He's conquering people. He's making people do things. And we're the ones in charge. So that's not good. At the same time, there's a religious issue going on with the Aztecs and Cortez, and this was huge. You see, the Aztecs, and I'm not an expert on Aztec religion, so I'm not getting too deep into it, but the Aztecs had one of their gods, one of their main gods, who they believed had pale skin, who they believed had left across the ocean. Who they believed one day would come back from the ocean. Hang on.
2: I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to the Jesse Kelly show.
6: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihabprediabetes.org. That's doihabprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
1: The Aztecs, many of them, Montezuma II himself, the man in charge of the Aztecs. And let me clarify, Montezuma is God King style. Remember, we always talk about how monarchs have different levels of power. Montezuma, people aren't allowed to look at him. His own nobles have to really stare at the ground in his presence. It's that kind of thing. And he's having creepy dreams. Scary dreams so the Aztecs send some envoys to the Spanish. The Spanish start shooting off cannons and things in front of the envoys to scare them to death. They go back. Tortez eventually finds himself in Tenochtitlán. Montezuma did not want him there, was scared to death of him coming there. Cortez gets there, and the Spanish move right in and start making themselves at home there. Aztecs are half playing nice, but it's tense. The Spanish are half playing nice, but it's tense. Then Cortez gets word that that governor, who didn't give him permission, is sending an expedition to go stop him, to arrest him and bring him back. Cortez is not one to just go, oh, well, I surrender. Cortez marches down, fights the Spanish who were sent to him, but recruits most of them to his side. The dude must have just had charisma dripping out of his pores. Marches back to Tenochtitlan and finds out, in his absence, the city's in full-blown revolt. The Spanish had had killed a bunch of Aztecs who they said were about to rebel against them. The Spanish fight their way out of the city. And then. The Aztecs got the smallpox Smallpox treatment. You see that Spanish force that came to arrest Cortez. They had an extra passenger on board. They didn't realize one of the by the name of smallpox. Smallpox. Got into Cortez's men. Cortez's men gets into Tenochtitlan, and they estimate 3 million Aztecs die. Wipe out their society. 3 million, Chris. And there are some tremendous battles that happen. Battles on the lake between Spanish boats and Aztec canoes. I'm z- r- straight out of the Indiana Jones type stuff. It's awesome. Cortez almost gets captured. There's a scene where the Aztecs have captured some Spanish who didn't make it out of the city. And they have to watch from afar as their guys are hauled up to the top of an Aztec pyramid, stripped naked forced to dance to drums beating around and then laid out and have their hearts cut out and then the Aztecs are chucking their heads into the Spanish camps. It's wild stuff, wild stuff. But eventually, the Spanish not only defeat the Aztecs, in so doing, they tear the entire city to the ground. Civilization gone the story itself is incredible i could do 10 shows on it it wouldn't be enough time but the 30,000 foot view of the story is much more incredible than the story itself we think we think that things last forever And we do this, and I, I, look, I'm guilty of this myself. When we look around at, at the United States of America, and we see the problems we have right now. And we see this leftward lurch right now, and how how much so much how much people are losing their minds. We see all this, and we convince ourselves because it's it's the easiest way to think. We convince ourselves that's going to take a while, though, right? It's going to take. Another 50 years, 100 years. I will pay some higher taxes. And it might. But one thing I've learned about so many of these empires, some of them, some of them do fall slowly. Some of them, though, they're there and then they're gone. And when you're rotting from the inside, that's the worst thing in the world. You see, if you're one unified nation, it at least gives you a shot. But when you're somebody like the Aztecs and you have all these people within your own borders who want you dead, you are in very, very, very serious trouble. Very serious trouble. I have asked 8 million guests about this. I've done endless reading about this myself, but there's something about us that I can't wrap my mind around. Hang on. Wrap your mind around this. We've talked about this before, but I want you to wrap your mind around this. Half the country, one of the two political parties, the major ones, I realize we have other smaller ones. One of the two political parties had to be shamed into flying an American flag at their convention. The party is running to represent to lead, to legislate for that nation. Setting aside how much you and I love America, setting that aside, the parties running to represent it isn't comfortable flying the flag. I think about this. I think about this a lot. There are these moments in your life where you have this revelation, and that was one for me, and you know what? Hang on.
3: Jesse Kelly Returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
1: How did we get to a place where half the country dislikes the country. This, This isn't normal. You have to accept that, right? This isn't something you just have to, oh, well, that's the way it is. Remember, we got Rebecca Heinrichs coming up, talking about Biden's potential foreign policy, if there is a Biden. And apparently she has some strong thoughts about cranberry sauce. We got BK coming up next hour. We have to talk about Cops. We have to work out what you and I believe about cops. And we're going to get to that here in just a second because it's time to just jump on that grenade. But how did we get to a place where half the country hates the country? The education system. It hit me again last night as I was and I've warned you about this before and parents I need you to hear me on this and I need you to hear me well because I've made this mistake I'm not I'm not pointing my finger lecturing you I've made this mistake you want your kids to be separate from this leftist lunacy you know you can't hardly watch anything on TV anymore read anything anymore without something being inserted in there pushing leftism History, which I love anyway, is often thought of as a way to escape that. And I'll be honest, on top of loving history, it's half the reason I open my show with the history story every day. There's enough politics. I'm going to do politics for the next two hours. Let's take a quick break, get a cool history story, and then we'll come back. But do not for a second think that the history you have your kids read about, you have your kids watch, it's not also going to be manipulated. I have warned of this before. I will warn you a thousand times over. Because of what I do for the show, I consume two, three hours of history outside of this show every single day. Whether it be reading, podcasts, watching, normally it's a combination of all three. I consume tons of it, and I am telling you, it is just as manipulated as your kids social studies class it is manipulated badly manipulated i listened to one on cortez and i thought about telling you which one it was but then i thought that's probably not fair taking a cheap shot at somebody when i'm not going to invite them on because it was so boring but i'll just i listened to one on cortez You couldn't actually get to any of the information of the story because the entire thing was, oh, gosh, I hate Cortez. Oh, my goodness, he was worse than Columbus. Oh, Cortez is the worst. The Aztecs, I mean, yeah, there was some human sacrifice, but it was such a good society. Our history now in the West is all presented as anything white European is evil, Anything other than that is saintly and good. When obviously that's absurd. Both sides always are good and evil. People individually are good and evil, aren't you? I'm the only person I know who's all bad. And yet, history is presented in that way. If you just tell your kids, here's a history book. Oh, look, there's a history documentary on... The History Channel, and History Channel channel does great ones. I'm not calling them out. Here, just go enjoy this, and you walk away? That is a mistake. You need to be there. Pause. Hold on. They're presenting this biased point of view. They're not talking about this. But it hits me more than anything else. All the crazy headlines and things like that we see. What hits me most about our culture and the current status of our culture is the history stuff. You can't even read a basic story of Cortez's takeover of the Aztecs without getting barraged by social justice warrior crap. Here are all the reasons white people suck and they're evil and they're colonizers and all the saintly Indians, the noble savages. These poor gentle souls taken down by the evil demon whites. It was a couple of white dudes. And I'm not even indicting them. Another reason I'm not going to call them out personally is they learned that they were taught to look at the world in that way. And it is everywhere today. That doesn't mean it's hopeless. That doesn't mean there's nothing you can read, watch, listen to. But it does mean until you have a source you can rely on that you verified is trusted as presenting just the facts, Jack, then you can't just let your kids consume it. You can't. There's too much out there now. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. All right, Chris, before I get to my Giardia story today, which I'm going to get to, I think I'm going to get to that shortly. It's been such a heavy day. But before I get to my Giardia story, this is going to be a toughie. 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373 or the email is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, all your emails go right to Chris. Chris prints them out for me. I read every single one. Will not respond. I get way too many. I read every email you send me. I have a heartbreaker today. I can't even, I can't even bring myself to read this one until later on in the show. But man, coronavirus lockdowns. Whew, they have casualties. I'll put it that way. There are two videos out there today. They're circling the internet. If you've been on social media at all, you've probably already seen them. In fact, I think we're going to get the audio from the curfew one, just because I think it'll help you understand what's being said. Chris, go dig that up. Uh, Twitter will be a great place for it. Curfew one of a man is, this is the scene. I'm going to set it up for you. Oh, look, I... I paint a picture with words, Chris. It's what we professional radio superstars do. You're looking at it from a cell phone camera. You're looking at an intersection. You have multiple. I'm not looking at the video now, so I may mess up this part of it. Four or five, I would say at least, blacked out police SUVs with their lights flashing, yelling at everybody to go home. Cop gets out of the car, riot gear in the works, screaming at people to go home, charges at some dude, and tackles him to the sidewalk, and at least four officers pile on this guy and start throwing him in handcuffs, and the guy's all, what did I do? Violating curfew. Let's set that story aside. Story number two. Saw this one this morning. My jaw dropped. This was in Georgia. A man was in Costco. Son wasn't wearing a mask. Don't know everything that happened, but apparently it was all nonviolent. You catch the video with two cops standing behind the guy Throwing the father in handcuffs in front of his family, in front of his son, and marching him off to jail in a squad car. You remember all the Antifa, Black Lives Matter, defund the police crap? I loudly and repeatedly on my show had things to say about that. I'm going to recap that, and then we'll talk about this. Hang on. Here's the thing about natural medicines, holistic healing approaches. They're known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, Headaches, joint pain, and more. you have any anxiety? That's why I've gone the CBD route, and I can't tell you how much I love my B-Best Organics full-spectrum CBD. You know where you can find B-Best Organics? Doctorstrustedcbd.com. That's why they teamed up together. You see B-Best Organics is made in the United States of America. So not only can you choose the holistic route, You can actually support American businesses while you do it, and they have a lot more than just that at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. They have lip balms. They have all kinds of things. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Jesse. That gets you free shipping and ten percent off. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. People on the right in general stood up for police officers as they should in the wake of the George Floyd killing because there was a national movement to blame cops for all the problems in the black community, not address any real issues, blame cops, defund the police, cops suck. We had half the idiot GOP senators participating in it. If we're being honest, Trump himself did at first. Oh, let's invite Van Jones to the White House and sign an executive order on police reform. What is that crap? You got Tim Scott talking about federal police. It was a disgrace. But people on the right, people on the right in general, 90% of the right of the elected officials are useless, and so are the elected, or so are the D.C. GOP pundit class, but people on the right stood with the police. Police officers, it is important you understand something. And this is not a blanket statement to all of them, because I do believe 90% of the cops aren't conducting themselves in this way. But when it comes to these coronavirus restrictions, wear a mask, curfew, things like that, your profession, law enforcement in general, all of American society has decided you are the bad guy, you are the enemy, every part of our culture, athletes, entertainers, education system, Democratic Party, the DC GOP pundit class, politics. you have one friend left in the United States of America and only one. It is the voting Republican. The Republican voter is the only person in the United States of America in general who was still pro cop, thin blue line. Thank you for what you do. You have one person. You start throwing dads in handcuffs in front of their sons for not wearing a mask in Costco. You can take that one person who still has your back and kiss him goodbye. You start bodying some poor sap on the sidewalk to the ground. You start bodying him to the ground for violating curfew. You can take that one person who still has your back and kiss him goodbye. Now, I understand what's happening. I do understand it. Quote, I'm just following orders, end quote, has been the excuse of every guy in a position of power who abused it in the history of mankind, and I'm not trying to just be glib about that. I understand, police officer, you have the same concerns as every other person in America. You have a mortgage to pay, wife, kids, college, truck payment. I get that. you got a pension you're trying to hold. I understand it. I do understand it. I understand why. Plus, you have to worry about the other guys on the force. It's a camaraderie. It's a brotherhood. They're participating. You're the one guy who won't. You get looked down on, made fun of, mocked, ostracized. I understand all these things. I do. I am simply telling you the truth on a macro level. Law enforcement. Don't lose the only friend you have. Don't lose the only friend you have. And I hear about these police departments and sheriff's departments all across America announcing they won't enforce these curfews and won't enforce these lockdowns. And I salute these freaking patriots for standing up for what's right. I do. But don't lose the only friend you have. We saw it in my own community. I didn't like it. I haven't liked it. Over the past six months, we saw it. I'm not going to go into the details, but there was a business decided they were not going to comply with some of these idiotic restrictions because they're free Americans. The local police department, which was linked hand in hand with my community, great relationship there, just a great relationship there. Decided either on their own or under orders, they were going to go all in against this business for violating the lockdowns. Now, humongous tension in my community between the community and the police department. There's one group of people in the United States of America who still have the back of the blue. And I'm still there too. Don't lose it. Don't lose them. We all need friends in this life. Everybody needs a team. Everybody needs a tribe. It's human nature. We are not loners. Even me, we are not loners. Everyone needs a team. Don't lose the one you have. Beijing-controlled news outlet paid U.S. newspapers millions to publish propaganda this year. An English-language newspaper controlled by the Chinese, Chinese Communist Party's propaganda department paid U.S. media companies nearly $2 million for printing and advertising expenses over the past six months, even amid heightened security over Beijing's disinformation efforts in the West. China Daily paid the Wall Street Journal more than $85,000 and the Los Angeles Times $340,000 for advertising campaigns between May and October 2020, according to a disclosure that the propaganda mill filed this week with the Justice Department under the Foreign Agents Registration Act. China Daily also paid. Foreign Policy Magazine, $100,000. The Financial Times, a U.K.-based newspaper, $223,710. And $132,046 to the Canadian outlet Globe and Mail for advertising campaigns. The Beijing-based outlet paid several newspaper companies a total of $1.1 million for printing costs. Overall, China Daily spent more than $4.4 million on printing, distribution, advertising, and administration expenses over the past six months, according to F R F A R A. Let me explain something to you, something you probably already know. You exist as a newspaper, as a radio show, mine included, as a TV show. You don't get to do this as a charity, even though I love what I do. This thing stays on the air because of advertisers. Without advertisers, there is no Jesse Kelly show. Without advertisers, there is no I'm right on the first TV. Without advertisers, there's no New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, CNN, Fox News, or anything else. Advertisers are the straw that stirs the drink. They're what pays the bills. Companies, therefore, are <clears throat> accepting of advertiser feedback. Is that a nice way to put that? Accepting of advertiser feedback. We're gonna go into that a lot more after Rebecca Heinrich's coming up next. Hang on.
4: You're never completely ready to adopt a teen.
1: Joining me now, senior fellow Hudson Institute, Rebecca Heinrichs. Rebecca, let's assume for a moment that Joe Biden is going to be president. That is what I'm currently assuming. I am honestly my, the part of his presidency I'm worried most about beyond packing the federal bureaucracy. I talk it on the radio for a living. Is yeah. his foreign policy because Obama sucked? Is that Biden's? Yeah. It's
7: not going to be good. Oh. Um, now the the um, the individuals that we know that it looks like he's going to nominate for Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. He is so we already we already kind of have an indication of what it's going to be like. He's clearly picking people who he thinks can get through a Republican majority in the Senate. So it looks like they think that that's the direction those Georgia races might go. Um, so uh, these are these are centrists. For Democrats, relative to kind of the Susan Rice, very, you know, volatile and very uh, partisan folks. These are people who um, kind of like to be seen as more moderate, more centrist. But their actual policies have led us to things like the Iran deal. Um, They've been hard on Donald Trump for the way he's isolated Iran, um, for his stance towards the Middle East generally for his tough stance towards China, all of the things that have been great about the trump administration they have they have really viewed them as things that have been bad and have gone wrong
1: rebecca let's let's set china aside for just a moment we're going to come back to that the iran thing has always weirded me out iran i mean even if you can make some excuses of being pro china which i never would iran is inexcusable they are by a mile the largest state sponsor of terror in the world they've blown up our guys in iraq it's an evil horrible regime that suppresses oppresses its own people and everyone else they can who could be pro iran what's the excuse for being pro iran
7: well there's a there's a fundamental difference in how you deal with these powers between you know people like me who you know i'm a i'm a conservative who believes that either you know american preeminent military power is what we use to coerce so even though you don't use it all the time and you try to use it only sparingly when you absolutely need to you, you threaten with it and you coerce with it. Um, and it backs our ability to have effective diplomacy. You have other people who believe that you solve problems by bringing everybody in, you go through multilateral organizations, that it's treaties and agreements that makes the world go round. And so there's this idea that, and President Obama said it in a speech, You know he wanted to bring Iran into this community of of responsible nations, and you bring them in, and then over time, the hope is that they become more moderate. It's naive. It's delusional. It's not supported by facts throughout history. And instead, with the Iran deal, you end up just enriching your enemy. It just gives them more money to carry out terrorist attacks, to put bombs in Iraq, where our guys are still deployed. And so it really is a fundamentally different way of viewing it how you deal with powers like Iran.
1: Okay, so... If they've never come around, the thinking is hopefully they will one day. Rebecca, pardon me for being cynical, but this sounds more like a. Uh, I just like the people who hate as who hate America as much as I do.
7: Well, it, it is kind of a it is a different approach. You know, there are people like, you know, you and me and and your listeners who think America has been a net positive for the world. We are good, even whenever we do make mistakes, we correct them. And, you know, when, when the United States is strong and when we're in charge and whenever we tell the bad guys to go pound sand and we isolate them, we're right. There are some people who go around. That's why we had the Obama apology tour. He went around essentially when he became president and apologized to world leaders about what the United States has done. And so it is sort of, a, you know, this idea that you, you go around to the, the, uh, these other bad countries and you kind of give them a give them a hearing and say, OK, what can we do to make you happier with us? it does feel like an anti-American bent and this sympathy towards those who have a bone to pick with the United States.
1: All right, Rebecca, China, why change with China? Is this just about money? Is that all this is? Is, this, is it just a, a feed American business interest deal?
7: Yeah. So you, you ha- again, so that some of these these individuals who are going to go back into the, the Biden administration, You'll hear a lot about how they've been, they're experts, they've been around for many years, they're old hands in foreign policy. That also means that they're the ones that have been overseeing China's rise and have not been doing anything about it and haven't really even seen it as a problem. So what we've seen over the last couple of decades is you see people getting very, very wealthy, big tech firms, um, you know, other large companies that have basically been, um Can you still hear me, Jesse? I got you. I got you. You can still hear um, or you, c- you can still you can see these people getting rich off of, uh, you know, the, the deals with China at the expense of a manu- uh, American manufacturing. And so it is a lot of it is about money. And it's a lot about just being c- happy with uh, a China rise at the expense of American decline. It was Donald Trump who came in and said, absolutely not. Not on my watch. I'm not going to be happy with American decline. And so we're gonna take on China.
1: Uh, all right, Rebecca. Thanksgiving food sucks. Definitely turkey, because people don't order turkey even once a year, yet on Thanksgiving they pretend like it's special. Why?
7: Well, that's why you gotta put things like cranberry sauce uh, and mashed potatoes and stuffing and uh, gravy, because turkey's pretty much just, you know, tasteless. You gotta add all the good stuff.
1: Okay, cranberry sauce. Please tell me you don't put cranberry sauce on the actual turkey. That's disgusting.
7: What? No. It's delicious. Turkey's dry. You put cranberry sauce on top to make it taste
1: better. But I'm not a sweet meat guy. Are you a sweet meat? I'm a salty, I'm a salty meat. Give me a Cajun blackened something like that. I prefer salty meat.
7: Right, but cranberry also makes your plate pretty.
1: Oh. This is this is such a woman thing. My wife does this exact same thing. With it doesn't look right. I'll suggest you know mac and cheese for a side, and she says it doesn't look right. What does that matter for anything?
7: You know, it, you just you got brown, and you've got your greens and your tans, and then you have this sparkling red right there, uh. and it just you know it, it it tastes good. It's once a year.
1: Rebecca, what are we supposed to think about cops arresting people for violating curfew?
7: Oh, it's awful. No, it, it's, it's awful to see kind of what's happening in, in that regard, um, you know, and, and to see how many police officers who are willing to do it um, is, is really disappointing. But, you know, the best thing I think Americans can do is, um, you know, comply to, the, comply to the things that make sense. And, you know, as you read the data and the studies that come in, but, you know, you've got to live your life. And if there's enough of us who are willing to stand up and say that this is an overreach and we're not going to do it, the better off we are.
6: Amen.
1: Rebecca Heinrichs, Senior Fellow, Hudson Institute, where can people get more of your stuff?
7: You can go to the Hudson Institute website um, and you can catch me on Twitter at RL Heinrichs.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. appreciate you. stuff there.
7: Good. Thanks, Jesse. Bye-bye.
1: Chris, two pilots under investigation. This is the headline, okay? I'm just reading it verbatim. Two pilots under investigation for drawing a penis with aircraft. Two Russian pilots from Pobita Airlines are being investigated for doing some maneuvers in the air to draw a penis on radar in protest against a ban (laughs) imposed on Zenit St. Petersburg Captain Artem Diezba. Don't you feel like this happens all the time with pilots, Chris? Don't get me wrong. I'm all down for some immature fun. I am all down for some immature fun. Isn't there anything else more hilarious we could be drawing? Or, let's be honest, maybe that is the funniest thing that we could be drawing. And why is it funny? I have no idea why it is funny, but it is funny. I think it's because of who it offends. (laughs) It's probably who. All right. We're going to play you this cop arresting a guy, curfew stuff, as soon as we get back. Talk about that a little more, and I have my GRD story. Hang on.
3: Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show.
0: or you're
5: getting arrested. Yeah, you're
8: under you. arrest. Perfume. What, f- huh? what do I do? Get down! I'm not a part of it. You're under arrest. Stop. Resisting. stop
0: resisting! Stop resisting! You guys are putting your knee in. Your get, home, your knee get, me oh. no, get your get knee off. Stop resisting! Get your knee no. off. Give me your arm!
8: No. Give me your arm! Do it now! Oh,
6: please. Hey, 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 oh. All right. Yeah, I stay back. You on can record. Team
0: just team. stay back. All right. Yeah, not wrong with that. Stop resisting,
8: right right resisting, or you're
0: gonna get tagged. What, right what the right f- get off you me? You, play play play. 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 you are under arrest. Stop, Stop resisting. I can't help it. You've got so many
8: guys on me. I can't.
1: Mm mm Back to advertising. You know the reason it's such a big deal. China's paying for all this is advertisers can determine if they so choose and if your network doesn't stand up to them advertisers can determine what you say on the air i people people ask me all the time why i get to say whatever i want how i get away with it look a lot of that is because i will not apologize and i'll just i'll just quit before i do anything else So I'm blessed that I've never once been told, say this, don't say this, ever, but on radio or TV. But honestly, that's just a lot of tough talk without networks that stand behind me. My syndication company for radio, they won't do it. They'll never bow. And for TV, the first part of the reason I signed on to the first was their entire business model. Their entire concept is we don't apologize. We say whatever we want even if it's uncomfortable, but I am the exception. You get some advertiser who's paying all the bills and they tell you, why don't we just not talk about that story? Why don't you make sure you talk about that story? You listen? How is it allowed? How is it possible the Chinese Communist Party, their propaganda department, is paying the bills of American newspapers? How can that possibly be allowed? Have we lost our minds as a nation? I want you to to imagine this, history fans. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine Alexander the Great sending large chests full of gold into the Persian Empire. His chests full of gold are delivered to Persia's version of media outlets And they go print the news, which turns out to be really pro-Alexander about the time he's invading. Does, Does that sound like it's some kind of clown world, Twilight Zone, insanity stuff? It should, because it is. And that happens right here in the United States of America. It's happening. Wall Street Journal, ever heard of it? Los Angeles Times. Maybe you've heard of it before. The Western world, our media outlets are being paid off by the communist Chinese. How can we allow this? I don't want to be doomsday, but are we too stupid to continue to exist? Are we too stupid and weak? Let's be frank about this. Remember, I'm not your mommy. I'm your daddy. Let's be honest. Are we too stupid and weak to continue to exist? We allow our arch nemesis. We allow our arch nemesis on the world stage to buy propaganda within our own borders and disguise it. What are we thinking? What are we doing? Are we so lackadaisical? Or look, Russia talked about this extensively. I should say the Soviet Union. They talked extensively about using our freedoms against us. Things like photographing our nuclear bases. You can do that here in America because you have freedom to drive around here. Um, they cut you taking pictures of a nuclear base in the Soviet Union. You're never going to be seen again. And you might have your teeth pulled out of your head before you die. But maybe maybe it was freedom that doomed us. Maybe what made us great is what doomed us. I I look at this, and I don't know what's more unbelievable. That it happened, or you won't find two other shows in the United States of America that will address this today. We are being manipulated. Why don't why do you think I tell you all the time none of what you see is real? Because it's not. You're seeing what China wants you to see. Hang on.
6: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
1: All right, we're going to tell the Giardia story in just a moment, Chris. You know why? What else can we do but laugh at my pain at this point? (laughs) What are we going to do? And and all this China stuff, like we talked to Rebecca Heinrichs about, we are now going to shift if Biden does do what it looks like he's going to do and become president, we are now going to shift into a pro-China country again. So not only are we not pushing back against these things, we're going the other direction. We're just going the other way. We really did. We really did. And you know, I'm not some super fan of anybody. I don't do that. We really did dump one of the best presidents we've ever had. Because he's a rude vulgarian. We did. And look, a lot of that's on Trump. Can't control himself. But man, that dude was an awesome president. All right. It's time for Giardia. Hang on. I was in the Marine Corps. We have some cool, cool stuff coming up this hour, I should say. We have a blast from the ca- blast from the past with John Kerry. We got BK coming up. I better read a gut-wrencher of an email to you. But first, I was in the Marine Corps. I promised you this story yesterday, and I'm going to deliver. As part of being in the Marine Corps infantry, You train in peacetime especially for every different scenario, environment they can come up with. That doesn't mean you're highly trained in every environment, but you have at least some kind of base. They try to make sure you have some kind of base so if war breaks out in the the snowy mountains, you at least have some basic idea of what you're doing. If war breaks out in the desert, they want you to have some basic idea of what you're doing. If war breaks out in the jungle, they want you to have so base, some basic idea. In cities, and country, they want you to have a base. That way, if you have to get trained up quickly for a specific environment, you're ready to roll. Now, it worked out just fine for my unit because we were in 29 Palms, California, which is right in the middle of the Mojave Desert. So when they packed us up and sent us off to Iraq, yes, it was hot. Yes, it was miserable, but it was in no way unfamiliar to us. We knew the basics of what we had to do, what we were going to see, what we were going to experience. It helps. So you bounce around a lot. You bounce around a lot. We we did jungle warfare training in Thailand. You do urban warfare training here. You do all kinds of things. Part of what we did as Marines was we went up to a place. It's in uh, California, Bridgeport, California, Northern California in mountains. And they wanted us to do mountain warfare training up there. Mountains are so much different than other environments in many ways, much more harsh. But they wanted to give you the basics of survival, basics of combat. They would teach us things, which was real, real rough, I'll tell you, like rock climbing, like rappelling off of hills. I was not a big fan of heights. Now, I'm not talking, by the grace of God, crippling can't move fear, but that was only because I didn't want to look like a wuss in front of my buddies. But I was real, real, real scared of heights. Now... I'm okay with them. I'm not thrilled, but I'm okay with them, and it's because of this. I, I, they would put you on top of a 60, 70, 80-foot rock cliff with a huge heavy pack on your back and hand you a rope and make you rappel down the side of it. We had guys break arms. It was rough out there. But they wanted you to experience the mountains. They wanted you to experience cold I want to clarify something. I grew up in Montana, and we're going to come back to that in a moment. So I knew about mountains, and I knew about mountain rivers and streams and creeks. You see pictures of them. You see them in the movie, and you think, oh, that looks nice, and they are nice. However, they're almost universally freezing, freezing cold because it's almost always snow runoff, ice melting, So even in, I mean, it can be an 80 degree day, 85 degree day in the mountains. The water is freezing. And I mean, sometimes actually freezing temperature, but it's moving so fast. It doesn't freeze up. It's cold, really cold. So because it's the Marines and they tell you they're trying to prepare you, but really they're just trying to torture you because it's the Marines. They would do things like. Force us to lock arms with each other so we knew how to cross one of these and could experience the cold and make us go stand up to our chests, up to our necks in one of these mountain rivers and streams. So you can learn how to not get swept away by locking your arms, one, and two, they wanted you to know the pain of being that cold. Have you ever, because most people have experienced some level of cold where you get a finger numb or an ear numb, maybe your toes. Have you ever not been able to feel your entire body? I have. It is. It is. Not a pleasant feeling. And then when you start to thaw, first you get in and it feels like a thousand needles are sticking in you. And then you get so cold you get numb, but your body isn't working properly. Your muscles and things like that because you can't feel. And then you get out and you start to thaw. And then you get the needles coming back as your body starts to warm up. And, of course, they're shouting at you about what, about, what a bunch of women you are on the side of the creek as you're trying to learn how to stand again. But as part of Mountain Warfare training, they picked special groups to go learn different things. They taught us all how to tie ropes and knots and things like that. Of course, I've forgotten all that by now because you forget that stuff if you don't do it anymore. But part of but one of the special groups they had, it was called Mule Packers. Mules, for those who don't understand them, mules are outstanding. Standing in the mountains because one, they are extremely sure-footed. It's easy to fall, slip, and hurt yourself. It's easy for horses to break legs. Mountains can be dangerous. Mules are sure-footed and mules can haul tons and tons of weight. They're just animals who can handle it. Now, they're notoriously stubborn. You have to know how to work with one. But... The Marine Corps then and now is well aware that sometimes, on certain occasions, the old ways are the best ways. You want some gear in a certain place, sometimes it pays to learn how to put it on a mule, learn how to handle the mule, and haul that mule through the mountains. That's what we did. They picked a few of us for this special unit to go learn how to work with these mules. And I say special unit, I don't want to act like this was special forces or something like that. They just picked different guys to go go do this. We went and we were taught how to handle the mules. We were taught how to pack the mules full of our gear. It's one thing to throw some bags on a mule and you know throw a bag of food inside of it. It's another thing entirely to take a gigantic mortar and or 50 cal machine gun and learn how to appropriately pack that on a mule in a way the mule can handle it and that and you know it just works for everybody. And at the end of mule packers part of the uh, most most training events that you do like I said jungle, winter, mountains whatever it may be, you have a final event that sucks where you're supposed to put together all of the things you've learned And once you put together those things, they put a huge event at the end so you can have this feeling of accomplishment, and it is cool at the end. Well, part of our mule packers thing was pack up with your little special mule packer unit and head into the mountains with your mules. And this was you're going to essentially camp. Now, let's backtrack for a moment. Again, I grew up in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, We moved there when I was 10 years old. That's all we did was camp. It was just what you did in high school. It was a funny way to grow up. I mean, yeah, we would bring a keg of beer to the mountains with us, but you knock off work or you knock off school on Fridays. You go home. You grab some food. You throw your sleeping bag in the back of your car. You throw a weapon or two in there because it's Montana. You never know what you're going to face. And you drive to the mountains. So that's all we did growing up was camping, hunting, fishing. That's just what we did. They told me I'm going to essentially camp in the mountains for a couple days. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Now, there are some guys who hadn't really experienced that before, so it was different. But for me, no big deal. But one of the basic things you are taught, no question, is don't drink the water. Hang on.
3: something there's a podcast get it on demand wherever podcasts are found the
1: jesse kelly show here's the thing there are cbd places everywhere in this country now i i live here in the houston area i can't drive 30 feet without seeing a new store selling CBD. They sell it at the ratty gas station up the road with bars on the windows. But the thing about CBD is this. It's not all created equal. They're not all the same. That's why I go to Doctors Trusted CBD Company to find my CBD because they did the research. They found the best companies out there. That's why they teamed up with B-Best Organics. B-Best Organics is made in the USA, and they test every single batch to make sure the CBD you're getting is the best, highest quality. Go to doctorstrustedcbd.com. That's doctorstrustedcbd.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That actually gets you free shipping and 10% off. that beautiful water nice and cold in the mountains oh, it's perfect it's a mountain stream right it's got to be it's got to be fine and it's running fast and in general water you can consume needs to be moving fast the slower the water the dirtier the water fact because stagnant water has bacteria nasty things that grow in it you want water that's rushing fast. But, and my father taught me this when I was just a child when we were going through the mountains just because it's cold, clear, delicious, does not make mountain water safe because there are still parasites up there. And here's what happens wild animals, we don't like to think about how they die because they're beautiful, but in general, A hunter putting a bullet through both lungs of a deer is the most humane way that deer is going to die. They die ugly otherwise, so old they can't eat. Your throat ripped out by a pack of wolves. It's ugly. Or they die of disease. And when animals die of disease, they oftentimes seek out water as comfort. They're dehydrated. And one of the parasites animals suffer from in Montana and the Rocky Mountains in general, I'm sure it's worldwide, is called Giardia. I am not an expert on Giardia. I just know this. It is a parasite. Once you get it, well, I'll get to that in a few. You don't want it. And animals in the mountains will, if they're dying, Or even if they're not dying of it, but if they're dying and they die by a stream, they'll oftentimes die in the stream, in the river, and that water that's clear and beautiful and delicious, three, four hundred yards, a mile, two miles upstream, may have a dead elk in it that's pouring Giardia particles into the water. Looks can be deceiving. Just because it looks clean don't mean it is. You still have to purify your water when you're in the mountains. We got BK coming up here in a second with World News and BK. World News with BK. Now, the man leading the mule packers was obviously too inexperienced, did not know his way around, and surprise, surprise, he got us lost in the mountains. Remember... Warfare is not all sexy. Oftentimes it's boring. Oftentimes the things that matter aren't bullets and gunfights. We ran out of food quickly. We ran out of water. He takes these gigantic five-gallon water jugs and simply walks down to this mountain stream and stuffs them in there and fills them up to which i told him uh and he was a sergeant i was just a lonely private first class at the time i said uh sergeant uh that's not clean water i mean do we have do we have tablets we can drop in there should we maybe boil it first and anybody who's been a marine knows a pfc better be real careful when speaking like that to a sergeant and when he told me <clears throat> to Leave his presence, and he didn't exactly use those words. I had no other choice. And that's the water I was presented with. We all drink it. We eventually find our way out of the mountains. All good to go, right? And er, wrong. You see, Giardia takes time. Lots of time. Mountain warfare training ends. We go back to 29 Palms, California. It is now the heat of summer. Remember when I said 29 Toms, California is in the middle of the Mojave Desert? We're talking 120 plus out there, and they send us out to the field. We go out away from our barracks, away from the base. Just We're out in the, the rural part of the base to do a bunch of training, which we always did. You're doing various shoots here and there. And I wake up on the day we're supposed to leave, and when I say leave, We are going to throw on all our gear in 120 degree weather and hump over 10 miles back to base. If everything was perfect and it was a balmy 65 out, that's a brutal hump. It was roasting. We wake up that morning. It's already sweltering and I am very, very sick. And I'm not going to elaborate on this, but I will simply put it this way. They had brought out a port john for us, and I was in it not every five minutes. I was in it every minute. I would get done, get back to my unit, and have to run right back over there. And that kind of heat, if you're moving, if you're even sitting there, you lose water so fast. You have to drink like a liter of water an hour at least in the desert heat like that. Only when you have that going on as well, your body is just, it's its wasting away. And I don't want to look like a wuss and go up to my guys in charge of me and tell them I am really, really sick. You don't ever want to say that. And you definitely don't want to say, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this hump. This is not, this is not H&R Block. You don't have a sick day. Oh, yes, you are making the hump. By the grace of God, our platoon doc, you have Navy corpsmen who are attached to marine units. They're your medical guy. They're not doctors, but we call them doc. He looks over and sees I, I, you, I'm visibly not doing well at all. He runs and grabs me. He takes me over to the medical tent they have. And he hooks me up with an IV. Asked me what's going on. I told him. Hooks me up with an IV. I suck down my arm does three IV bags. If you're in the medical profession, that'll tell you all you need to know. You suck down three IV bags. Your body had no water left. I was just sponging it up by the grace of God. This is no joke. I, I think he saved my life that day because I was going on that hump and I would not have made it. He, he goes to my guys who are mad, of course, and he says, this guy is going back to base right now. They throw me in a Humvee, and they race me back to base. They take me up to the hospital immediately, trying to figure out what's going on. And they tell me they have to take a a sample. I know, Chris. I know. I'm, I'm being as delicate as I can. They have to take a sample. Not only do they have to take a sample, there's no collection system. I'm given a little cup and told, bring back your sample in this. I'm going to go ahead and leap over that part of the story, but as someone who doesn't like that stuff, that was, oh, yeah, I had rubber gloves. I at least asked them for that, Chris. I'm like, I need all the rubber gloves you have now. I'll leap over that part of the story and tell you I got back, delivered my sample, and then the next day – I was okay. Symptom-free, I dropped off my sample, and I was okay. I know now after the fact that Giardia comes and goes, it will lie dormant in your system forever, then pop up with a rage and then lie dormant. Again, it just does this. Giardia does this. But it went away, and I went right back to training. Half the guys in my unit thought I'd faked the whole thing, and I have very much not faked the whole thing. Fast forward, I think it was about a week. And we had another long field op planned. They were taking us out in the field. I think it was for five or six days and all Marines hate it. I I realize that's what you do as a Marine, but everyone's like, oh, that sucks. It's going to be grueling, training, brutal, crappy food. It's just going to suck. We're all packed up, ready to go. Myself included. I am rooming at the time with my best friend from high school. His name's also Jesse. It just happened to be by the luck of by the luck of the draw, we ended up in the same unit, same room in the Marine Corps. So we are close. And I get word the morning we're supposed to leave, I have to go down to the company office. I'll finish this story after we talk to BK. Hang on. joining me now as he does every tuesday at this time and he will be your host for the next few days host of the World News with BK podcast, former Air Force PJ. BK, tell me, have you ever had a parasite? I got two in my time in the Marine Corps. Did you ever get one?
9: Uh, Not that I know of. I've had some extended bouts of um, unpleasant bowel movements, but I can't attribute them to any parasite, no.
1: Just too much Chipotle or what?
9: Uh, I, I, I don't know. Just like overall stress, I think. I don't know.
1: BK, I see these videos this morning of cops arresting people for curfew, cops throwing a dad in handcuffs in, in a Costco in Georgia. And look, maybe I'm wrong. I certainly could be. I have more peace with this stuff now than I did before the election because even fraud or not, which obviously there were some that took place, we don't know how, how much yet, half the country went to the polls and voted for this. So yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Elections
9: have consequences. I said from the beginning, that's why when everybody was like, you know, weeks ago, Jesse, and everybody, I was like, he won. And, and people are trying to uh, ascribe this vast conspiracy theory involving foreign nations and secret servers and uh, machines that change votes. And I'm like, dude, you guys are giving way too much credence to this conspiracy theory, which would suppose that hundreds and hundreds of people – uh, all got together and managed to pull off this brilliant height uh, when the reality is that people aren't capable of doing stuff like that. Uh, they're way too dumb. And just more people came out. And I, the Trump hatred was a powerful motivator. I mean, you and I talked about this. It's it was hard to believe looking at all the rallies and stuff that, you know, these crowds of tens of thousands of people that Trump was going to lose. But the, the the Trump hatred was out there and it drove people out. They were you know radicalized by the media and they showed up and they voted Joe Biden in so I don't know what to tell you and on a second note as far as here in California, you know, we started a curfew. I will say that cops rolled right by me as I'm standing outside the sidewalk at like 10, 15 at night, and they didn't do anything or care, so that's awesome. See, I'm uh, sure
1: experiences will vary, yeah. Beyond, beyond just the Joe Biden thing, and maybe, I mean, who knows, maybe I'm election coping myself, but people are screaming about Gavin Newsom having some $15,000 yeah. dinner once he imposes curfews. Yeah. They're screaming about Andrew Cuomo of New York having his mother over, and, and what I just, what I keep coming back to is stop telling me how mad you are and show me. Is Gavin Newsom yeah. going to get reelected? Is Cuomo going to waltz yes. right back into the governor governor's mansion? If he is, then I don't care. You want it.
9: Right. Uh yeah, 100% and Gavin Newsom will be reelected because there's a lot of people who are fine with this. It blows my mind. You know, it was just and one thing I noticed, there are zero like celebrities really who are coming out against the lockdown. And I saw yesterday the former USC quarterback, Matt Weinert, and he played NFL as well for a little while. He actually, he had a very like mild statement about, you know, the lockdowns and like basically saying it kind of sucks, you know, something like that. And he was getting crucified. I mean, the Los Angeles times are, is running articles about him inviting people to crucify him even more. And I'm like, these. I'm like, so he so they see what happens if you step out Jesse and say even a mild criticism of like wow you know this kind of sucks <laughs> you know and these guys are just getting wrecked and I'm like wow there is just zero tolerance for anybody coming out and even questioning what's going on it blows
1: my mind Tell me, is this just simply a class thing? I've always argued that it's a class thing. Obviously, there's a Democrat-Republican divide. There's no question about it. You can tell by which state you're in or which part of the state you're in. But you ask about the celebrities, or you bring up the celebrities. The truth is these guys are sitting there in their homes, unlimited fillets. They still have parties. You know, Girls are still coming over and the champagne is yeah. still flowing. So what do they care? Well,
9: out here in California, you know, we have that ridiculous – we have this equity metric is what they call it. And basically what that means, Jesse, is that one if, if any one part of L.A. County has a flare-up, the entire county has to stay shut down. Now, at least in New York, they're kind of going like neighborhood by neighborhood. In California, it's ridiculous. You know, the the wealthier areas – and this is a very delicate topic that the journalists are very uncomfortable with – but the wealthier areas – have really zero to hardly any cases it's the working class aka people of color neighborhoods like the heavily latino neighborhoods in la county that's where all the cases are but according to our stupid politicians we cannot open any part of the county if any one part of the county has a flare-up which is absurd i mean la county geographically is enormous there's no reason that one part of it can't be open it's stupid as hell
1: I have my own theories on when this stuff ends. I I, I don't think it does. I, I, think that, I think that we will actually see violence before this stuff ends. When do you say it ends? Uh,
9: I, I don't know. Like, I thought If you had told me in March that it would still be going on and we'd be going backwards, I would have thought you were crazy. So all my predictions are wrong. And I don't know if it will end as long as we have a huge portion of the population who are going happily right along with it you know and like you said you know they seem to be voting the same people in and so nothing is ever going to change so i don't know when it's going to end
1: bk thanksgiving food is gutter trash true or false
9: false how dare you what is the matter with you that-, that thanksgiving food is delicious i will be crushing most of it of course i'm gonna have to you know work out immediately afterwards oh, to keep gosh. the ab you oh. know going you know like that that's how we usually do it Uh, But yes, I will be eating tons of green bean casserole, and I will be making my famous mashed potatoes, which are like nectar of the gods you've never even had.
1: Yes, because I mean what's better than taking a delicious food in fry form or something and mashing it up into some mush like you're on death row somewhere. I will never get this mashed potato obsession ever.
9: I will slather it all over my body and I will have my I will have my female companion eat it right off of
3: me.
1: Okay. All right, what do you have planned for this week? You got the next three days, it's all you got the chair.
9: I know, I got the big chair. I'm very excited. Um, I have some exciting story. You know what? I, I don't I almost don't even want to like clue this story in, but just a, here's a just a hint of what the audience can expect. Uh, how about this headline? "Quote: Man kills fifteen chickens after breaking into barn and having sex with them." End quote. Oh. So then we're going to get into it. That's we're going to get all the details. And, and here's the kicker: he's a father of two, bro. Oh, oh I love, imagine finding out! Imagine finding out your dad bangs some chickens. <laughs> you can't make it up. <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: BK, the Solomon Islands is set to ban Facebook in the name of national unity. What say you? Are you all about banning social media?
8: Hmm.
9: Well, it's tricky because normally, no, I'm a big free speech guy. But if they're going to be the, if they're going to be banning everybody else, then you know why even have it? Like so. I mean, remember when Facebook was cool like 10 years ago? Remember when, like, you could put up anything you wanted? Like, I think that way about YouTube, too. Remember when YouTube had, like, bum fights and, like, you know, kids giving bumps, bumps crack so they'd swing at each other? (sighs) We had all kinds of great videos on YouTube. We had all kinds of stuff like that, and now everything is just so censored and dumb, and I just hate it now. So, you know what? Good riddance, Honestly.
1: Host of World News with BK. Enjoy him the rest of this week. Enjoy your crappy Thanksgiving food, bud. Thank you, Jesse. Time to get back to the Giardia story. And we have to read, we have to read this heartbreaking email, Chris. Part of me doesn't want to, but man, it's so heavy. I mean, it hit me. It hit me. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. I should clarify, I will be having, well, I'll be having a beef tenderloin for Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey, peasants. Hang on a sec.
3: Jesse Kelly Show.
6: One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air
3: and online at jessekellyshow.com.
1: I get called down to the company office. My corporal, my section leader, passes me on the way by and he's glaring at me. And now I'm scared to death. I walked out of the company office where they yank me into a room. I think I am in serious trouble. You don't get called to the company office as a PFC unless you have screwed something up badly. They call me down and they tell me, we're very sorry, but. It looks like you have Giardia. You won't be able to go to the field with us this time. And now, I mean, inside, I'm doing backflips, but I get this look on my face like, oh, please, let me go. You know? In fact, we are so worried about this spreading, you have to stay in your room, and your roommate, my roommate, remember, my best friend, my roommate, Who's known, shown no symptoms at all. We're worried your roommate already has it because it spreads so easily. We need him to quarantine with you while the rest of the battalion goes out to the field. Oh, no. So I watched my entire unit head out to the field for five days of hell while I sat in my room watching football and playing video games and eating Domino's pizza with my buddy and taking Giardia medication with no side effects and never had another <clears throat> incident again. <laughs> How about that? How about that, Chris? The greatest, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I mean, except for the time I almost died. Totally worth it. All right. Quickly on a heartbreaking note. This is the email I got. Guy sends me a picture of, This is our 43,000-square-foot family entertainment business in Illinois. They've completely shut us down and given no timeline. We barely survived the first BS lockdown, and this one will be our end. 40 years in business just wiped out. I'm going to skip down a couple things here. The guy ends it with, this has destroyed my relationship and left me with nothing left to hold on to. If it's going to go this way, I'd rather die for what I believe than submit to slavery and possibly be put against the wall. Brother, you keep your chin up. You send me another email every day if you want. Trust me, you're going to get by. You are going to get by. Do you hear me? You will. That's one. Two, let's address food here briefly, Chris. Changing the subject. I don't understand these restaurants in the middle of a pandemic, restaurants who are getting crucified, who won't do the basics. You remember my taco delivery story, the one where they screwed it up? Oh, I have another one, Chris. I order from the same place. It's so good. Don't yell at me for ordering from there. It's so good that I keep ordering. I order from the same place again. They screw up everything. Everything they send the wrong sauce with the tacos. I ordered the queso without avocado in it or without guacamole in it because guacamole is disgusting. They put a big blob of guacamole in it. I I send in a message. I say I want my entire meal remade and sent to me. They know they screwed up. They do that and they give me a credit for the place. Okay, All right? And there were two tacos and queso. They proceed to set, to resend me the entire meal with one taco. They short me tacos the second time. Chris and I were just marveling at it because we just ordered from the same place again. We were marveling at it. I love restaurants. I love them all. I love big ones, small ones, middle ones. I love restaurants. I want you to succeed. And I know it's a hard business, and especially the hiring. You've heard that chef Andrew Gruel who comes on our show all the time talk about the hiring. Brother, if you can't read an electronic receipt and send somebody what they actually ordered, you're not going to make it through this. We are in a pandemic. You have got to do the blocking and tackling or nothing else matters. You have to. You're not going to make it. How many people out there are like me? Only aren't ordering from it anymore. I was talking to Chris right before we came back from the break because they keep giving me refunds and credits on top of it. I did the math. I've made $15 this week on this restaurant and eaten for free. Okay, that's funny enough. Ha ha ha. That's a cool little story thing. That restaurant's going to go out of business. Do better. I know it's a pandemic. It sucks. It's not your fault. You're getting kicked around. You have got to do the basics now better than you ever have before. When you're sending out a sandwich or a taco, wrap it in foil so it's not ice cold when somebody gets it. Totally basic, totally worth it. Totally worth it. If somebody puts in an order, especially, especially an electronic order, just follow it. Follow the order. I'm rooting for you. I'm the one out here rooting for restaurants. You've got to do the basics. And when you get somebody, when you get somebody who's screwing things up, pull them aside, inform them, they're now on the chopping block. It happens again. You're gone because it's your business on the line. Don't let some 75 IQ idiot who doesn't care ruin your life's work. That's your effort, your money, your livelihood. Send them packets. Hang
0: on. Wake up and text Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work.
8: Sorry I'm late.
0: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
6: Hi. Oh, hey.
0: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Man, that's sad about that guy and that businessman. That is so sad. Keep your chin up, brother. I am rooting for you. I expect another email from you sitting on my desk when I get back from my Thanksgiving break. You hear me? I mean it. I expect another email from you. The rest of you, put the turkey away. Put the turkey down. Put the turkey down. Go get yourself a delicious filet. Go get some lobster, brisket. Go get something special you don't spend money on the rest of the year because this is a special day about being thankful for all your blessings. Don't taint it with turkey and mashed potatoes. Filth. Go get something that excites you. Go get a big beef tenderloin. Marinate it. Cook it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your week. I'm going to enjoy mine. We will be rocking and rolling again soon. That's all. Until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me. On top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you ten bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com promo code Jesse For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk,